บัคควาโทอาระหะโทสัมมาสัมพุทธัสสะอาปารุธาเดสังมัตสัทธวราเยสุรวันธาบมุญจันทุสดังเ
Is it red or green or whatever? So that's where the mindfulness is the path to the deathless. This, this, this deathless is ultimate reality. These words, the deathless, nibbana, ultimate reality, the absolute, whatever terms you want to use, that's not it either. The terms are, are not, uh, nothing more than just uh, uh, conventions. So that with awareness, you know, you're, if you trust in awareness, in being fully attentive to this moment, You know, before you start saying it's the 1st of December. And then you, you, you know, there's consciousness, there's consciousness, you're, you're, we're a conscious entity, and uh, the, the sense world, there's a body here, the breath, the senses are operating, so there's feeling and consciousness. And so the awareness is, is our ability to tune in, to, to recognize the reality of this moment, ultimate reality of this moment. It's not, not, not an abstract, it's a fact. It's, it's real. It's not conventional. When we put a name to it, then it becomes a convention. So this is recognized, like the Third Noble Truth is, the, is the, the insight into cessation of conditioned phenomena, is to realize it. So in the paradigm of the Four Noble Truths, the Third Noble Truth is, the rea is reality, recognition, you can use rec recognize or realize. What is the English word realization is it's reality, the reality of this moment. Is it, the reality is the 1st of December at Amravati, Monday in the UK, and all this, this is, this is the reality, this is the real world, isn't it? According to most people, we're living in England, we're at Amravati, which is in Hertfordshire, uh, this is uh, Amravati Temple, this is uh, Wan Pra, and uh, this is December 1st, and uh, tomorrow is December the 2nd. Yesterday was the 30th of November. Is this the real world? And of course, most, uh, most people will say that's the real world. Because the conventional world is their reality. So I am Ajahn Sumato, and that's my real world then. You know, if I'm very attached to my name, and my body, and my opinions, and emotional habits, and views, and feelings, and reactions, and possessions, then I'm attached to all the conventions of the, uh, the conventional reality. And when I blindly attach to the conventional reality, what do I experience? You know, I experience suffering from that, because I you know, the, these are very unsatisfactory conditions. You know, you can't, you, how much control do you have over the body and the 
and the world around you, the society you're in, the people you're living with, the, the um, political system, the economic system, the relationships we have with each other. So it's a fraught world, isn't it? It's dangerous, it's, it's uh, uncertain, frightening, scary situation, conventional reality, when seen through ignorance, then we experience fear because there's plenty to be frightened of. You know, if we, if we want the conventional world to be ultimately real, we're, we're you know, we're, we're going to create enormous amount of suffering in our lives. So you, you begin to see why the world is such a mess, the conventional world, why there's so, so many wars and, and uh, it, you know, problems, social problems and economic problems, political problems, and race and race problems and on and on like this and endless variations on the theme of problems that, that and problems are supposed to have solutions. But is the conventional world, is there any solution to it? The conventional world, I'm reflecting now, is the problem. It's not a problem in itself, it's our ignorance around it, identifying, clinging to it, wanting it to, wanting it to be peaceful and harmonious, not wanting war, <clears throat> wanting it to be certain and make me feel safe all the time, living the community here, please make me feel safe and loved here so that uh, you know, I'll have the illusion of safety anyway. Uh, please uh, don't upset me, don't rock the boat, don't be disruptive, don't cause any problems to me because it upsets me and a conventional reality of Ajahn Sumedho is very shaky. If I took, when I take refuge in uh, conventional Ajahn Sumedho, I'm a basket case. That's a scary thing to be, you know, a vulnerable person, you know, um, an aging, an old man, uh, in a world that, <clears throat> you know, death is not that far away, you know, getting on and uh, not going to live much longer. And then, uh, you know, there's uh, all I can think of all kinds of things to worry about and to uh, be critical of. You know, I've got good critical faculties. I can go and criticize all kinds of things and get... Uh, you know, I could think of all the, the things that haven't gone well in my life and feel anger and resentment. So I can create a hell realm for myself right now if I, if I want to, out of the conventional world that, that I could attach to. So is the, this present moment, then the, it, it is what it is. You know, it's a recognition of timelessness. It's, it's timeless, the moment now. And we, con in convention, time is the convention. So, so tomorrow, 
I'm going to Thailand, conventional reality. You flying off to Thailand. But what is that right now at this moment? Is that the conception, you know, some that I that I've just created. I, Ajahn Sumedho, am going to Thailand tomorrow. And it's only that, isn't it? It's a, there's, and at this moment, there's no Ajahn Sumedho really, or tomorrow. And yet I can be fully committed to, to the, the perception, I am Ajahn Sumedho and I'm going to Thailand tomorrow. Where's Thailand right now? You know, in terms of ultimate reality. Conventional, now Thailand is a convention, isn't it? It's conventional reality. So, it's a perception, comes up in consciousness, saying Thailand, and that, that's, that's uh, and we all agree to call Thailand, Thailand. Mung Thai, we can say in Thai, but then most of you would quite get it, you know, Mung Thai doesn't mean some, uh, it doesn't have the, you know, if you don't speak Thai, then Thailand is the word we agree to use. Then, uh, then the old name for Thailand is Siam. And there are various voices in Thailand that think it, that that's the real name for Thailand. Should go back and start using the old name, Siam, uh, because that's the real name, or it's Thailand the real name. Now we can get into taking sides those who want Siam, those who want Thailand. <laughs> Spend the evening arguing about that. But let's, on the conventional, all we want is, is to agree what we're going to call we're gonna, uh, that country. So we agree Thailand's good enough, fair enough, we know what it is. But in this moment, then we're reflecting right now is where I'm, the consciousness is now. This is, this is all there is, is now, here and now. So Thailand in this moment is perception, convention, a word. It comes up through consciousness, through thinking. So what I'm doing is, is, is reflecting and, and uh, Noticing the way it is. It's not critical. It's not, I'm not criticizing the way it is. I'm not, I mean, how it should be or how it shouldn't be right now, but it's like this. So just recognize this is a very ordinary function that we're quite capable of. This is not an attained state, you know, after years of, of celibacy and dedication to Dhamma suddenly I've you know, I've reached a high level of attainment in which I can see ultimate reality. Then that, that makes it into, you know, that, that's the conventional way of thinking. Then, then I'm somebody who spent so many years as a monk practicing meditation and, uh, and that now I've reached a, an attainment of recognizing ultimate reality. What is that? That's, that's just a, another perception in the present, isn't it? I am somebody, I am Ajahn Tomato, who's been a monk a long time. 
So the, the, this is a convention when you ask how many years have you been ordained and I tell it, you know. But in terms of ultimate reality, it is, it's only a perception. It's, not, it's nothing to hold to or believe in or to, to operate from. On a conventional level, it, it's useful, it has its function when the, you know, Sangha meetings and various other situations in the, on the conventional level, it, it's an agreed way of, you know, perceiving things uh, in the Buddhist world. But in terms of ultimate reality, it, it's quite empty, meaningless. And as an attachment, you know, if I attach to those perceptions, then what happens? I become a person. I have become Ajahn Sumato as a, some kind of person. Now what is, what is Ajahn Sumato as a person? And so then I, oh, I'm, you know, American and I'm, you know, those little curricular vitae biographies they put in books and things like that. <clears throat> I recited a few, you know, a few interesting facts and, or historical perceptions about me as a person that was born and grew up and did this and that. But is that what I am? Is that really me, you know, at this moment? When I see whatever I remember, whatever memories I have, or even the perception I'm an American, uh, and that, is, that only comes and goes, isn't it? That's not ultimately real. That's just a convention that, that one uses in a, in a society, but the ultimate reality is the awareness. Awareness is what one is the ability to recognize or realize ultimate reality. Paramatta Satcha. And then uh, conventional reality is Samuti Satcha. Noticing this, we have a choice. Do I want to live my life as a person? Do I want to Endlessly, you know, as you get older too, you get you get really bored with your with your personality. At least uh, my personality, I'm, you know, I'm lived with it for so long. I'm not interested in my personality anymore. That's the same things over and over, and you know, same limitations. And some parts of it are fine, some parts of it are a bit silly, you know, and foolish. So I mean, it's. Is this, is this, you know, this idea that I am a person, I'm a real person with a history, a biography, autobiography. I am this body, I am, this, is, this is body is really what I am. And I'm this, uh, this, this Ajahn. And what does that do, you know, in terms of when I grasp those perceptions, it doesn't bring me any peace. I don't feel peaceful, happy, contented with my personality. My personality isn't based on happiness and contentment, it's based on striving and proving and justifying and defending and protecting and, and blaming and 
wanting things and not wanting things and liking and disliking. So when I become a person, then I become very critical or I get, I get very enthusiastic or get very negative, get very, if things are going well, I'm very happy. If things don't go well, I get feeling worried, depressed, dip, yeah, and so forth. So and personality is very dependent, you know, it's always changing according to the conditions. According to the weather. The sun's out, whoopee, it's raining and gray. Mm. No, I mean, come, you know, a whoopee type Ajahn Sumedho when the sun's out and the sun, the clouds come over, dark clouds, starts raining, gets cold, and I'm an old grump. It's like that, you know, I, personality can just change according to what the weather's like. Is that, a, is that a refuge I want to, is that a place I want to take refuge in? <laughs> because it's, you know, it's, it's just, it, one is always going up and down all over the place with the, because the conditions are changing. So, the refuge in awareness which is receptive, it's uh, non-critical, doesn't make judgments about my personality. The conventional tomato is making, can make judgments about what kind of person I am. You know, am I, you know, a good person? Sometimes I feel I'm a good person, sometimes I feel like I'm not a very good person. <laughs> so, uh, so the conventional Forms then make judgments, and they like and they dislike. They want and they don't want. But while this is happening, while all these convention, conventional reality, these conditions are, um, are we experience them. There's awareness of them, isn't it? Awareness. So if I know I'm feeling grumpy because it's wet and cold. I'm aware of that. There's an awareness of it. And I'm really, you know, I can be aware and say, how do you feel? Well, I'm feeling, you know, it's raining and cold, uh, uh, grumble, grumble. If I'm not aware, then I actually believe, you know, I actually become a grumble, grumbling personality and then an ecstatic one when the sun comes out. So in the in the word becoming, you know, this power is always this, always uh, you know, it's it's what happens when uh, due to grasping out of ignorance, we're always becoming something. So in a as a person, where can we find a safe place for my personality to exist? You know, where is there is there a, a if I'm merely looking for safety in the conventional realm, you know, I, I, want, I want the illusion of safety, maybe. I like the illusion, like, tell me everything's okay. Everything's okay. Tell me you love me. I love you. Tell me I'm, I'm a nice person. You're a very nice person. <laughs> oh, I feel, I feel so safe here and loved. Then uh, something happens and they, oh, there he goes again. 
that old guy, you know, causing trouble, disrupting the peace. <laughs> I don't feel safe anymore. Now, in realizing ultimate reality, it's not an attainment. Like the word attainment tends to make it sound something that, that you don't have yet, that you've, you've got to get. So if, you're, you know, if your meditation practice is based on attaining things, that's coming from the conventional reality. I am this person that, that's ignorant and I need to uh, practice in order to become enlightened. So that's a conventional way of thinking. That's how the thought process is, and and the identity is I, with with our with one's personality. I am ignorant person. I'm not enlightened. I'm ignorant. I've got a lot of problems. Uh, I'm a damaged person, and I need to really work on myself in order to become a normal person, maybe. What's a normal? Is there a normal personality? There's a kind of abstract idea that there is such a thing as a normal person. And then so we, we don't quite know what it is, but it's in the mind, isn't it, that somehow there is normality as a person. The, in a society, we want you to become a normal person. Parents want their children to be normal. What do they mean by that? I mean, they want they want you to become what they want you to become. <laughs> you know, not too you know, not too far out, not embarrass them, not cause them any grief, <laughs> and so forth. So, so no, we we this idea of being normal is is strong. So I remember being brought up in this with these attitudes, trying to be normal. <clears throat> And then feeling frustrated because I didn't quite know what it was and I never felt I was normal. So what do you do? You know, you think, well, maybe, maybe I'm an abnormal person. There's something wrong with me. So I took a course in university called Abnormal Psychology. <laughs> and they took us to the state mental hospital. And there was pretty abnormal people. <laughs> Didn't make me feel normal for a while after spending a day there. <clears throat> but then in the, in the nitty-gritty of life, what, 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 what is a normal man supposed to be? Normal woman. And of course the personality, it, it doesn't, you know, it has no, it doesn't know. You've got ideas about normality. Even it's kind of abstract, isn't it? It's kind of uh, there's this kind of normality, but you don't know really know what it is, and you think maybe everyone else is normal uh, except yourself, because you're actually, you know, witnessing. You're you're with this 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 changing personality that is so dependent on conditions. You know, it changes according to whether you're being praised or blamed or succeeding or failing or 
whether the sun is out or it's wet and cold. So there's a fear. Where does fear come from? You know, when you try to, this is a frightening realm, isn't it? As a personality, in a sense, realm, this is, this is really frightening. Because everything's so unstable and uncertain. And uh, you have much control do you have over it? How can you make it what you want so, you know, for you, to fit you, to suit you, to make you feel all right about yourself as a person and that the world is, is a safe place to be? So we hear, you know, you hear the most pathetic stories these days of, you know, like earthquake, natural catastrophes. Suddenly, you know, nice peaceful family life is totally destroyed by terrible earthquake. Or the wars, you know, you just recognize in Iraq, all the Iraqis, their, their whole life, their families, they're being, caught, you know, threatened, they've been killed or, you know, slaughtered and so forth in various ways that you, can, you can't control. Then, of course, the United States is hell-bent on wiping out evil, which is terrifying, actually, when you think of it. That's very frightening that you think that, that you can wipe out evil. Because evil, what is evil right now? And you think Saddam Hussein, <laughs> that's the conventional, that's the, the uh, American version of evil. Good and evil, isn't it? There. What is it right now? And so these are values, isn't it, that we have? You know, the, what we like is good, what we don't like is evil. We've got opinions, views that we can, uh, you know, cling to. The United States is good. Uh, Islamic terrorists are evil. But right now, these are perceptions in the mind, aren't they? America, United States, uh, Al-Qaeda, and so forth. These are merely just perceptions. We can see that we are conceiving them in the present. And then we have various emotional reactions. You know, if you feel that the axis of evil is in the Iran and North Korea and Iraq, then, 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 then that, that, those, that, those kind of thoughts and prejudices and conventions arise in consciousness. So with uh, ultimate, with awareness, which is the, is the door to, is the gate, is the crack that we have, that, that entrance into of to recognize ultimate reality it's not an attainment it's it's here and now to be realized not tomorrow don't you know don't put it off tomorrow notice pay attention when i was in chile you know if i asked them what because they had to translate everything into spanish i said what is the how do you translate uh mindfulness in Spanish and they said attention. 
similar to attention, isn't it? Uh, attentiveness, isn't it? Awareness. Noticing, recognizing. So when, when I recognize, when I notice, when I'm aware, then I can be aware of, of some object. You can see the, the microphone, I'm aware of the microphone. I can just be aware, isn't it? Just this awareness, which isn't picking out any particular object. I don't have to be aware through focusing on an object. The awareness can be, it can embrace everything right now. You know, it's, a, it's just a state of being, isn't it? That, that's quite simple and ordinary in itself. Recognize that. And then from there I can focus on objects, you know, the monks and the nuns and the Garikas and the Garikas, lay people, pillars, the roof, the shrine, the count of everything. I could be aware of my breath or the feelings in the body. I can choose to, to, to notice a particular thing or not notice a particular thing but be totally attentive and aware. So this is how, you know, this is the malleability of, of our conscious experience in this moment. When we're, when we're just looking at objects then we, we don't tend to notice anything but the object. And then that, that brings a, up various reactions. You know, we, this person, we like this one, we don't like that one, uh, and so forth. We, we, we like the, the oak pillars and we're not completely satisfied with the shrine. And, uh, <laughs> and so we get into our you know, our, our preferences, likes and dislikes around the objects that, that stimulate thought or emotion, reactions. So in the, when we use expansive awareness, which isn't focused on an object, but includes it, what is that? You know, for me then, it's, it's my ability, I use the sound of silence, this sense of just listening. It gives me the sense of being attentive to this moment, receiving this moment, which includes what I'm feeling, yeah, you know, the thoughts or emotions or the physical state that, uh, that I can receive at this moment, and the external, what I see, hear, smell, taste, touch. So this is an inclusive Reality, you know, ultimate reality includes good and evil, you know, good and bad, beautiful and ugly, liking, disliking, uh, the right and wrong are included. You know, there's, there's not, it's not, there's no preference. Krishnamurti called choiceless awareness. So, in, in uh, you know, to to encourage you to recognize the, and and appreciate this ability. It's not it's not attainment. It's not something you have to get through through uh, practice. It's learning to rec to recognize it. You know, and and to, then to appreciate it. 
Now, like the attachment to the conditioned world or conventional reality means that when we forget all that. We have no context for anything. We're merely operating out of like and dislike and habit. You know, the force of habit, preferences, opinions and views, what, you know, desires and so forth. So that, you know, you always, there's a personality, which my personality is created out of ignorance. I didn't create myself out of wisdom and enlightenment. My personality definitely was created out of ignorance, out of attachment to this body, identifying with my, what I look like, with this physical form, identifying with my emotions, identifying with my, the perceptions of, you know, the, on the conventional level, identifying with the conventional world is the real world. So, you, you know, we, we all come from different we're quite mixed, uh, uh, you know, culturally or nationally or ethnically. So we have different ways of, you know, different co cultural conditioning, how we see ourselves and the world around us. The aliens are coming. What is that, the fire alarm? Or? I just use this moment to be aware of what knows. So it is what it is, isn't it? And then the suffering is not wanting it. So I'm creating not wanting it. I don't want that sound right now. If I begin to see the difference, it is what it is, bearable. But if I don't want it, then I can't stand it. Notice how peaceful it is now. <laughs> Now in the, what is the dukkha then, uh, say, of the first noble truth? So in, um, in this moment, you know, it is what it is. So the, the suchness, the tattada, the as-isness of this, it means it is the way it is. Whether it's, uh, you know, how internal, whether I'm feeling, you know, my own feeling or physical state or uh, the external uh, impingement. It is what it is. Now, then if I don't want it like this, you know, I don't want that sound. I don't want that fire alarm. Now, and then I'm creating suffering. So, there is, you know, in terms of sensory experience, that sound is irritating. It's an unpleasant sound in terms of my sensory experience of it. It's unpleasant sound. But it is what it is, you know. Then I don't want it is the suffering I create. And begin to notice the difference about the way things are. They're like in physical pain, for example, in your own body. It is what it is, but then the suffering is not the physical pain itself or the sensation, but not wanting it. Then you begin to notice, now in, with awareness, you're really tuning in to, to the way things are. Or when something's really pleasant, you know, really lovely, and then wanting it to stay like this. You're creating suffering when, you're, when there's a happy moment, you know, a lovely moment, and then you want it, oh, keep it like this. That, you're creating suffering onto, on, uh, onto happiness, onto a happy moment.
Now don't believe me, this is to be, you know, to recognize this. What, what we do, what we create, why we create suffering. Now the sense world is like this, it is, it is irritating. Having a human body, you know, personality. These are all very ephemeral, very unsatisfactory conditions. And so they are what they are. You know, they sometimes one, you know, feels really good physically and and healthy and energetic, and, and then other times you feel the opposite: miserable, sick. So the body itself, you know, depends on conditions for its feeling vibrant and healthy and or feeling sickly and weak. But the awareness, you know, when, when, we're, when we're sickly and weak and we're identified with the body of ourselves, then we, we, try, we don't want the illness. We don't want to feel sick and weak. We want to be happy and healthy. So we create suffering onto the actual conditions of, we, of illness. So in, in this receptiveness and this awareness, you know, feeling sick and weak is like this. It is what it is. So when one is weak or in pain or sick, then it, it's not, you know, it's not saying it's, it's, you know, dismissing it or trying to say something it's not. It is what it is. It's like this. And then you become aware of, of this impulse to get rid of it. I don't want this. I don't like feeling like this. That's the dukkha of the first noble truth. Not the body in terms of, you know, or the, or the, the emotions, but the the attachment to them. We create dukkha. Now the, the the conditioned realm is is unsatisfactory, you know. So in terms of translating dukkha into the English word unsatisfactory, points not it's not a put down of the conditioned realm, but it's noticing that that you you can't find satisfaction in the conditioned realm. You can find mom, momentary maybe. You feel temporarily satisfied with it or gratified. But it's not a sustainable satisfaction that comes through attachment to the world. It's very shaky, very dependent on things going well and, and that the conditions are what you like. So when we, we're in that fragile state always of trying to control and protect ourselves, then, you know, it's a, it's a fear-ridden realm we're in because we see everything as a potential danger. You know, some, you know, we don't want aliens coming in here or strange things happening or disruptive people or, or, you know, difficult neighbors or things like this. You want to, we've got to protect ourselves, you know, and, and we become inverted into and uh, we all agree that we're going to spend our life together trying to protect ourselves from the dangers of the world, we become really neurotic cult. You know, like some of those cults that commit suicide and do stupid things, that's what they're doing, you know. 
got to protect them. We've got to build an armory in here, Dhammapati, you know, build big fortress walls around it and then have guns and everything. So when the enemy comes, we can protect ourselves. But in the process, we're creating a realm of fear, you know, we're living terrified, you know, of, of something that ha maybe hasn't happened yet, but the possibility of it, the future, you know, there's that ev inevitable, you know, that unknown thing that anything could go wrong, anything might happen, and and then our, uh, you know, our safe place would be destroyed. So the Buddha is pointing to to uh, the the safety of knowing of awareness not to a physical location or a group or a country. Now I find when, when I trust in awareness, then fear is, I see fear as an object. I see the, the conditions that create the fear. I am aware of, the, of how I create fear in my mind. So that which is aware of fear isn't fear, isn't frightened. Awareness, and I, the more I trust and rest in awareness, then fear is no longer a problem. Because it's seen, you know, it's a, it's a natural emotion, kind of primal emotion of this realm. Animal realm is, is a fear realm. You look at animals, they're, you know, they're, their lives are, you know, survival. The squirrels, you know, they don't like to stay on the ground because the dogs and cats and everything will get them. You know, that's when the squirrels come onto the ground, they're very frightened and they're very alert and then they always head for the trees as soon as they can because their safety is in the tree. I'll be going on a conventional level, I'll be going to time <laughs> or uh, be back around the 21st of January and uh, I'm looking forward to the winter's retreats because I really like the winter retreats. A uh, chance to, you know, if the conditions are usually pretty good towards reflecting. And so during this, this uh, time, you know, really, you know, really notice things. Don't let the conventional world take you over and, and um, you know, bind you to it. Not to, not as, you know, a rejection of it, but knowing it, you know, what attachment to conventional reality is. So, you, you know, you're witnessing, you're aware of the suffocation of it. And you feel suffocated by the conventional world. It's so limited and so uh, dependent and so ephemeral. So it does take a strong determination, I, uh, my determination to, to, with this awareness. You know, as you, as you recognize it, a matter of re recognizing it and valuing it, you know, seeing it is, this is the path, the forces of Mara. Or shall we blame it on Osama bin Laden? <laughs>
Islamic terrorists. That <laughs> so after this, there's a reflection for this evening. <laughs>